Well, we want to thank our brother Gordon for coming and singing so well. We always enjoy his fellowship in the gospel, and we always enjoy him singing to us. And we trust the Lord will bless those messages to all of our hearts. Good to see so many along tonight. Thank you for coming to be with us here in the Gospel Mission. And we pray the Lord will bless us as we have come together and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus and the way of salvation, how you can get your sins forgiven and how you can be saved and make sure that you'll be going to heaven when you leave this scene of time. Now, we want to turn tonight to the Word of God in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, and the chapter 53, a well-known portion. And we want to speak tonight from this portion. Uh, Isaiah 53, and we're going to read together from the verse 1. The book of Isaiah, and the 53 and the verse 1. The prophet Isaiah says, Who hath believed all report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. We pray the Lord to bless the reading of his word uh, to all of our heart. I want to speak on a well-known text tonight, verse 6. Uh, Prophet Isaiah said, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So let's look to the Lord. And let's pray for help tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you what we have heard in song. We pray you be with us around the Word of God. It is through, Lord, the foolishness of preaching that you will save them that believe. I pray for help tonight uh, to preach in this text you've laid upon my heart. May it be a word in season to someone in this meeting. And they'll come and they'll put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this text tonight, we can see that it is a very familiar text. And maybe you're here tonight, and you say, no, I know this text. I know it off by heart. I, I learned it my mother's knee. I learned it at Sunday school class. You can see the simplicity even of this text. All we like sheep is like a real rhyme. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, that's Christ, the, the iniquity of us all. There's a great simplicity here in this text. And we can see the fullness that's in this text. You can see that it begins with the word all. Uh, and we go to the very end of this verse, we can see that it ends with the word all. There, there's a tremendous fullness in this text of Scripture. There's Dr. Harry Ironside, as a young preacher in the Salvation Army, when he was starting to preach. He was asked one time, what's your favorite text? And he says, well, Isaiah 53, verse 6. 
The captain of the army asked him, I want you to preach for five minutes on the street. So there he was, this young preacher. He opened up his Bible at Isaiah 53 and verse 6, and he started to preach. And he started to preach. The man asked him to preach for five minutes. Well, 20 minutes went by, and he, he was still preaching. And the captain put his hand on his shoulder, and he says, Young man, we should have been back in the hall 15 minutes ago. Finish the tax some other time. The Dr. Ironside said, I've been preaching for 50 years, and I still haven't finished the tax. There's a great fullness in this tax. All we like sheep have gone astray. There's a great person in this tax. It talks about him. You may be saying tonight, Noel, who is this text speaking about? The prophet Isaiah, many hundreds of years before the coming of the Son of God into this world, who's he talking about? He talks about him. I want to say to you tonight, we are left to no doubt who the him is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in the book of Acts chapter 8, we find Philip. And he sent out there to, into the desert to speak to Ethiopian eunuch, a man coming from Jerusalem, coming from the house of God. He's not converted. He has religion up to the neck. And he's concerned about his soul. And he's reading in the Bible. And he's reading Isaiah chapter 53. He has laid as a lamb to the slaughter. And the Spirit of God tells Philip to go up. To go up and speak to him. And Philip up to talk to him. The, the Ethiopian eunuch says to him, Who's this speaking about? And he tells us there in, in the verse 35, he began from the same text to preach unto him Jesus. And so we're looking here at a great person in this text. It's speaking about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's none as high and lawfully and as holy and as loving as the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a great person in this text the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want you to find Christ as your Lord and your Savior if you're unconverted in this meeting tonight. I want to say three simple things from this text tonight that's brought before us. There's a statement that we cannot deny. What is that statement? Remember the prophet here is speaking to the 12 tribes of Israel, but we can put all ourselves into here tonight. What's the statement that we cannot deny? And here it is. All we like sheep have gone astray. As I said, he's preaching here to the 12 tribes of Israel, and he's looking at all of them. He's not saying some of you have went astray. He's not saying to those people, half of you have went astray. He's saying all, all we like sheep have gone astray. And notice the word we in the text as well. He's referring to himself. He's not saying, I am different than any one of you. He's not saying, I have never went astray. He's not saying, I have never sinned. No, he's looking at all the tribes, all the people, and he says, all we like sheep have gone astray. This text speaks of all of us. There's a statement here we cannot deny. All we in this meeting, all we in this particular townland, a five-mile town, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The word astray can mean out of the way, 
out of the way. In other words, he's saying here to the people, you have went astray, and you've broken down the hedges of the law of God. You've left God. You've turned away from the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've broken his law. You've went astray. And he tells them how they went astray. He tells them how they went astray from God, and how they sinned against God. How did they do this? He says, all we like sheep have went astray. So he brings an object lesson here before the people to show them how they've sinned against God and how they went astray. He says, you've went astray like a sheep. Now there's a little lesson here for us. Maybe there's some people here tonight from the farming community. You know that the sheep, it goes away or stray very, very quickly. There's no animal that can turn away so quickly as a sheep. You can put them in the field. He can have the finest grass to eat, and the gate may be open slightly, or he'll look for a little defect in the fence, and he's very quick to go astray. Very quick. Well, I want to say to you tonight, man is not slow when it comes to sin. He's very quick. Very quick to run the way of the world. Very quick to turn away from God. Very quick to, to sin against the Lord. You only have to show them a, a little sign of sin, and they run, and they run, and they run after sin. Because sin is in their heart. The love of sin is in their heart. You think there of a Psalm 58, verse 3? Notice it says, The wicked are strange from their womb. They go astray as soon as they be born. Notice, speaking lies, as soon as they be born. A little child. There's one thing you never have to do, and that is to teach a child to sin. We spend our time trying to tell children to do that which is right and keep away that which is evil and that which is sinful. We don't have to teach them how to sin. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies, and you know that yourself. People tonight who are children in this meeting, you ask your little child, did you do it? No, I didn't do it. I didn't do it at all. You see, they go astray very quickly. You and I have done the same. You and I have went astray very quickly. Remember, it says in Exodus 32, verse 8, Moses came down, and the Lord said on about the golden calf, they have turned aside quickly out of the way. Quickly they have went. And your feet is not nimble, or, as, as, or sorry, is very nimble when it comes to sin. And maybe there's someone listening tonight or someone in this meeting and you're running and you're running in the way of the world and you're running after sin and you go astray very, very quickly. You're always running after sin. And the sheep goes astray quickly. The sheep goes astray constantly. Anybody who's in the, the business of sheep farming will tell you, you can, you can close a sheep up. It'll break out. You close them up again. Oh, listen. He'll break out again. He continually breaks out. It doesn't matter. He just breaks out the once or twice. No, he'll break out constantly. He never seemed to learn from their mistakes. They're always looking for the opportunity, and they're always looking for the gap. And the sheep, he'll go astray constantly. The lesson is the same. Man will always sin against God. Continually. Continually. 
It's just not that he sins once or, or twice. He, he wants more of it, and he run after it continually, daily, monthly, weekly, whatever the case may be. He's constantly going astray. You think there in Job 15, verse 16, he says, How much abundable and filthy is man? And notice what he says, Which drinketh iniquity like water. So he says, Here, Here's how much man loves sin. It's like he drinks water. He drinks it like water. He just cannot get enough of it. He's continually, every day he drinks water. Every day he sins. And that's true of maybe some here tonight in this meeting. You're away from God and you're sinning. And you're sinning continually. And you can't wait perhaps till the weekend comes. That's the way we used to live ourselves many years ago. And you sin continually. And many times you've sinned against Him. And the sheep goes astray ungratefully. I had to say that because look who he's leaving. He, he leaves the shepherd. And there, there's no one loves him like this shepherd. He loves him. There's no one cares for him like this shepherd. There's no one protects him like this shepherd. There's no one provides for him like this shepherd. He goes away ungratefully. He doesn't care. There's no one cares for us like God. That's why we're living here tonight in this meeting. If you're unconverted, God holds the very breath of His hand uh, in your hand, the breath of your heart in His hands tonight. There's no one cares. So who gives us the fresh air to breathe? God. Who gives us the rain that we desperately need? God. Who causes the sun to shine upon us? God, who gives us our health and strength? It's the Lord. Every blessing, every temporal blessing we have, it comes from God to every one of us. But we sin against Him. We sin against Him. Remember it says in Matthew 5, verse 45, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for He maketh His Son to shine on the evil and on the good, and He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. He makes no, no distinction here when it comes to the sun, when it comes to the rain. We all get the same benefits, but people are ungrateful to God. And God's been good to you, unsaved person this meeting. He's cared for you all over the years health and strength, and many blessings, and many benefits, and yet, and yet, you go astray from Him. You sin against Him, ungratefully. Dangerously aware, the sheep goes away dangerously. And you think they're in the Far East, there are many dangers. David talked in 1 Samuel 17, talked about a lion and a bear coming, and taking a little lamb out of his flock. And David rose up, of course, and he, he fought against him, and he, and, and he defeated him. And there's danger. There's danger when the sheep goes astray. They're in great danger. I want you to see tonight, because of your sin, you're in danger. You want to stray from Christ, the, the good shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. You've turned away from the God of heaven tonight, and your sin has taken you far away. We, we, we've noticed that tonight. I've wandered far away from God. And you're in great danger tonight. You're in your sin, and you're heading down towards death, the grave, down towards a lost eternity, which is hell. You're in great danger tonight because of your sin. And all we the sheep have gone astray. It's true of everyone in this meeting. 
We have all sinned against the God of the Bible. Remember, the word of the God is so, so plain and, uh, and true in this teaching that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what, that's what Paul preached to the Romans. And here's Isaiah many hundred years beforehand. He says, listen, all we like sheep have gone astray. Here's a statement you cannot deny. And I want you to, to be honest with your heart tonight. Uh, have you have you left God? Have you ever sinned against God? I don't think anybody would be foolish tonight in this meeting to put their hand up and say, Noel, I have never, I've never sinned against God. The Bible condemns that. The Bible says you're a liar if you say you have no sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's where my voice hears you tonight, this gospel sermon, this gospel meeting. You've went astray, and you know it, and you know about your sin and your shame, and you're maybe concerned about your soul tonight, and you realize if you die as you are, you'll be lost, and you'll be lost in the lost eternity in hell forever. There's a statement we cannot deny. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's every one of us. And then again, I say, secondly, there's a sin that man desires. Can notice how he continues? We have turned everyone to his own way. And so here's the truth of this text, that man turns his own way. There's a sin he desires. I'm sure you've heard of a song one time. I know Elvis sang it, Frank Sinatra sang it, and so on. And you know what it says? I did it my way. Do you hear that? I did it my way. The life I lived, I, I did it my way. No, not God's way, no, my way. And there are many people tonight in, in, in our province, and they can say, I did it my way. They've turned everyone to his own way. And that word, turn, means to face. That's what it means, to face. Now, what they're doing, they're facing the way they want to go. They've turned everyone to his own way. Some turn their face. I want to say to you tonight, to alcohol, and I, I personally believe that drink's the biggest curse. It's the biggest curse in the world. And I know drugs is high up there as well. But drink's the worst. I believe that. I came across figures today about alcohol. I'm just quoting what I came across. In the United Kingdom, that they say in adults that 71.2% of adults consume alcohol at least once a week. Now, that's a high percentage of adults. I don't know where they get the figures, but that's, that's the figures they give. There are millions of alcoholics tonight. They've turned their own way. I know people tonight, I've tried to preach them and tell them about Jesus Christ, and they've said to me, they love the drink. They love the bars. There are people tonight that love the, the discos and dances of the world. There's people turned to drugs tonight. There's people turned to immorality, to lies, to blasphemy. Everyone has turned his own way. Maybe you said, no, I never took a drink in my life. But you've turned your way. And that way that you turned is away from God. The Apostle Paul uh, before his conversion, was known as Saul. He, he turned his way. What was his way? The way of self-righteousness. 
You can read in the book of Joshua about Rahab, the harlot. The way of immorality. Zacchaeus, the publican, he turned the way of lying and stealing. That's what he turned, you see. Manasseh turned the way of idolatry. Cain turned the way of pride. You see, we have turned everyone his own way. And I want to ask you tonight, what way have you turned? Because we were singing that great hymn. I have wandered far away from God. Well, what way are you going? What way have you went? Is it the way of the world? Is it the way of the dance halls? Is it the way of discos? The way of drugs? The way of immorality? The way of drink? There's a sin that man desires. We're not all the same. I meet people know what to say about Never took a drink in my life. I, I can't say that about myself. I went the way of the drink in my life. But they have turned some way away from God. And that's you tonight in this meeting. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way. There's a sin that man desires. They don't all run the same way. They may follow. They may follow one another. And sometimes they do. They go in multitudes. But they all choose the way they go. So what way have you turned? Drink? Discos? Dances? Lying? Cheating? Blasphemy? Drugs? Immorality? Self-righteousness? I got to have it my own way. I do my own thing. It's what I do. What I say will get me to heaven. See, you've turned your own way. That's not God's way. They went astray. That's what the word means, to turn astray and away here from God. And it's a sin that man desires. What's your pat sin tonight in your heart? Do you know it? I do not know it. I don't need to know it, but God knows it. And you know tonight, you went astray like a lost sheep. And great danger tonight, far away from God, of losing your soul. There, there's a sin in this text that man desires. But then there's a Savior that we do not deserve. You see, he goes on here, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And notice, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so what is he saying here? That God has taken our sins and he's laid them on the Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing statement this is. We have went astray. We have rebelled. We have sinned against the God of heaven. And yet what does he do? He takes our sin and he lays them upon him. He lays them on Jesus Christ. I want to say some things about this action. It's a sovereign action. It's God that does us. It's God that does it. In the margin, it means hath made to meet. So he's, he's gathered up the sins of those who'll trust Christ, and he lifts them up and he places them. He places them on the Lord Jesus Christ. The word led can mean to fall upon. And I want you to see tonight the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a spotless, he's a Lamb of God hanging upon the cross, and he's covered, he's covered in multitude of transgressions and sins. And not one of them is his. Not one. Not even half a sin. There's no such thing, of course. There's no sins in, that belong to Jesus Christ. Remember, it says, 
In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. The Lord Jesus Christ, he knew no sin. He did no sin. But yet God the Father lifted this mass of sin and he placed it on the, on the shoulders of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord had laid on him the iniquity was all. So we see a sovereign action here. We see something else here that the Lord Jesus willingly received them. He received these sins. He, he didn't cry to the Father, listen, I don't want them. Put, put these transgressions on someone else. Put them somewhere else, but I don't want them. The Lord Jesus never rebelled. He never fought against them. No, he was willing. He was willing. You know, when you read the Bible, in John's gospel, for instance, a number of times in the gospel of John, the Lord Jesus says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life. I, I will take their place. I will take their punishment upon the cross. The Lord Jesus, he was willing. He was willing to die for us. Do you see that in the verse 7 of this particular chapter? It says, he, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Notice that. He's not complaining. He's not crying out, I don't want to go to the cross. He is led as a lamb to the slaughter. He just walks. You can follow that in, in the gospels, how he was led to a place that was called Calvary. You see, he's willing, he's willing here to take our sins upon himself. We think of that great hymn, How Great Thy Art. One of the verses says this, And when I think that God, his Son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. You know those little words? my burden gladly bearing. The Lord Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross, willing to take our sins upon Him. The Lord had laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Notice also, when they were laid upon Christ, He suffered greatly. And in a sense, the Lord Jesus Christ became the guilty one. He's taken the sinner's place. He's dying for the ungodly. He's dying for sinners. And when God the Father looked and He saw our sins placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, His wrath, His wrath fell down upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you read in this particular passage, like verse 5, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The word wounded can mean Tormented. He's tormented. The very wrath of God, in a sense, fell upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a sacrificial lamb. He stands for sinners. He's paying their price for their sins. He's taking their punishment. And God's wrath fell upon him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. The Lord Jesus suffered greatly upon the cross. When the Father laid his our iniquities upon him, God's wrath fell upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he cried in Mark 15, verse 34, he says, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? You see, the Lord Jesus took our place, and the Father turned his face away. Oh, the great sacrificial death 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. He suffered greatly when our sins was placed upon him. Sin had to be punished, you see. God, God, God is a just God. He's a just God. He had said that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. He must carry out the law. And here's how he did it. He sent his son to die in our place. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of, every one of our sins was placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I came across a little statement one time. A person said that he saw a T-shirt and I'm not supporting this T-shirt, but he said it showed a picture on the T-shirt of the Lord Jesus Christ, his bloodied body on the cross. So we had the cross, and they had Jesus Christ hanging on it, and it was covered in blood. And the words across the T-shirt, excuse me, the words across this particular T-shirt of Christ hanging upon the cross in blood, <clears throat> said this, If I am all right and you are all right, then why did this happen? Now, it was a great message, wasn't it? If I'm all right <coughs> and you're all right, but why did this happen? Why did Jesus die upon the cross? You see, the fact is we're not all right. We're all wrong. <coughs> and we have sinned against the God of the Bible. And Jesus Christ suffered and bled and died upon the cross. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We don't deserve him. We don't deserve this at all. We don't deserve the love of Jesus Christ or the death of Jesus Christ. Well, he left heaven and came and died for our sins. <coughs> you know, it was love that caused him to do it. The Bible tells us over First John chapter 4 and verse 10, it says there, Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. And notice this, we didn't love God first. God loved us and sent his Son to make a sacrifice. I, I saw a thing the other day, a, a Muslim, if you ever go on and you go to Preacher's Corner on YouTube and you get debates and hear people debating and the Muslims are always debating. They don't like the teaching. They don't like the teaching of the blood. They don't like the teaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. And this particular Muslim, this Christian, has seen me as we think up against a wall in a sense and he's putting an argument to him. And he says, I'm just going to ask you a question. If you had a son you had a son and somebody offended you and, and, and sinned against you. Would you take your son? Would you take your son and kill him for that person? Well, the man had to admit, he says, well, well no, no, I wouldn't. But you know, friends, that's what God did. Do you know why he did it? And that's what the boy should have said to him. God did this, of course, to pay for our sins because he loved us. There it is. Our brother sang of Calvary tonight. He sang of the cross. He sang of the love of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Oh, the love of God is found at the cross. That's where we say it. The Lord led in him the dignity of us all. Do you know tonight on saved in this meeting anything about the wonderful, great love of God to sinners? That Jesus died for sinners like you. 
The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Can I say, when Jesus died, he took away our sins as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. The only way you can be forgiven and the only way you can be saved is through the cross. There's no other way. And you notice this particular text, as D.N. Moody said, go in at the first all and come out at the last all. And I said that there's two alls. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now you go through that verse with all your heart, and you get your sins forgiven. Come to Jesus Christ. You've got to repent and trust him as your Lord and Savior. Remember, the church cannot save you. It's not your actions. It's not your deeds that will get you to heaven. It's Christ who died upon the cross. Because if your works, your religion, your good intentions can get you to heaven, here's the question tonight. Why did Jesus die? Why did he die? If you could save yourself. You can't do it. But the Lord Jesus died to save you. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Savior we don't deserve, but he is a Savior. He's a loving Savior. He's calling you to come to him, to trust him with all of your heart tonight, and he will take away your sin, and he'll give you everlasting life. Turn to him tonight with all of your heart. Repent and believe the gospel. If we're here to help you, if I can help you, call Mr. McIntyre. We're here tonight. Speak to us about these matters. Call upon the Lord where you sit tonight with all of your heart. Say, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home, and I want you to save me. I want Jesus to take away my sin.